views expressed in this program are those of the participants. I'm Danielle Metz. And I'm Robert Falk. And this is The Danielle Metz Show. The way to fix California is to take the liberals' proposi- or positions to their ultimate conclusions, says Bill Whittle on his Stratosphere Lounge podcast dated August 28, 2018. And boy, does California need fixing. We've already discussed in past broadcasts the plastic straw ban, the pooping in the streets, the litter of needles on every block. But there's so much more. The nanny state now requires restaurants to offer milk or water as the default beverage option. You can still get soda or juice, but like with the straws, you have to ask for it. For now. I foresee that this is just a step before an outright ban. But they do these things incrementally, as with the water restrictions. As per Assembly Bill 1668, Chapter 15, households are to be limited to 55 gallons of water a day as of 2022, then 52.5 gallons a day as of 2025, then down to a measly 50 gallons a day as of 2030. An eight-minute shower takes about 35 gallons of water. So instead of raising the price for water, they're just going to fine anyone who goes over the prescribed limit, and the fine is apparently $1,000 a day. Gotta love rationing. And with that water rationing, it's a good thing you're not allowed to own tropical fish, or guppies, or goldfish. In an effort to crack down on puppy mills and small pet impulse buying, San Francisco's Animal and Welfare Commission has banned the sale of pets. An official is quoted saying, quote, This is another animal welfare idea that will go down in the history of San Francisco as a progressive city. Yeah, there's a thing to look forward to, or be proud of. And speaking of progressive, there's new legislation that's in the works that has, uh, based on the fact that the legislature, and I'm quoting here from the actual website of the legis- state of California, that the legislature finds and declares as follows, that more women directors serving on boards of directors of publicly held corporations will boost the California economy, improve opportunities for women in the workplace, and protect California taxpayers, shareholders, and retirees. Yet studies predict that it will take 40 or 50 years to achieve gender parity if something is not done proactively. So they're going to mandate a quota for, of women on the boards of public corporation with fines in the hundreds of thousands for non-compliance. Putting aside for a moment the absurdity and morality of forcing a company to hire someone based on gender, the quote, progressive government has apparently forgotten that gender is only a social construct mm-hmm. and is fluid. If a man can self-identify as a woman, this law is meaningless. Though if it came down to a legal battle, I'm grabbing the popcorn. <laughs> There's two ways I look at this. The superficial way would be to attack their mandate on a factual basis. For example, they say more women directors serving on boards of of directors of publicly held corporations will boost the California economy. How? Where's the data for that? Improve opportunities for women. Well, I can see how it would improve the opportunity for women of those particular CEOs. Yes. But others? Where's your, where's your evidence? Protect Californian taxpayers? How? Shareholders? How? Retirees? How? No evidence. This is all conjecture. No, it is. This is all speculation. This is all an agenda. Now, on the deeper level, everything that you've mentioned here, from the straw ban to the requiring milk to be the first choice on a menu. I'm lactose intolerant, so I take offense at that. All of this stems from the very fact that in the Constitution of the United States, they didn't put in an article which says government shall pass no laws respecting the economy. Mm-hmm. 
because everything that the governments are doing, whether it's the NAFTA agreements that they're trying to hammer out now or foreign trade issues, tariffs, taxes, telling people to buy milk without straws, all of this could easily have been averted by separating government from the economy. Yeah, never mind church and state. Let's try economy and state. Exactly. Everything from the printing of money, which should have been and was issued by private banks, backed by gold, to telling people when they can open and close their places of business, regardless of whether or not people want to shop there. All of this is is a fundamental problem with government, which thinks that it needs to be involved in the economy of the people, and it should be a pl- it should be a referee in the economy and not a player. Well, apparently in California, they pass four new laws a day. So when all the, you know, the don't kill, don't steal, all the re- common sense laws are done, what else are they going to do? They have to well, come up with something. When you're a hammer, so no you goldfish look ar- for you. <laughs> when you're a hammer, you look around for nails to hit. And when you're a legislator you or a lawmaker, look for laws you, to pass. what kind of a lawmaker are you if you don't make laws? So they're having to make laws. They think it's their raison d'etre. They think it is their reason for being. They don't understand that as an elected official, the proper attitude you should have is how do I protect the individual rights of my constituents, not what kind of laws can I make to control exactly. my constituents. And the thing is, because and as a lawmaker, the only time you should be worried about passing a new law is if there is a conflict that was unforeseen in the past between the private property rights or that kind of stuff. With new technology comes new, you know, you have to considerations. But I, other than that... I concede that if it doesn't involve the economy. Exactly. Well, that's more like dispute resolutions between two parties kind of laws, those sure. kind of things. We also have the courts for that. Well, yes, but you, if there is a new, if there's no precedent set for, say, like new technologies or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that kind of thing, that's when you can consider passing new legislation. But well, for the most we, part, it should we, all be done. When we invent the transporter, maybe we need a law that says, no, no, you just can't transport into somebody's bedroom yes. without knocking first <laughs> or, or sending them an email first. So, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I think that's pretty much covered in <laughs> yeah, most of it's, laws. Well, yes, there are most new circumstances can be accounted for you know, within the laws that have already... Almost, almost, I would suggest that almost all. I really can't think of too many that don't already have coverage by former legislation. For example, banning of the cell phone while driving. Well, we already had a law on the books for distracted driving. Yes. So, no, you don't need a law for cell phones. Then you don't need a law for texting. Then you don't need a law for combing your hair. It's all covered under don't drive while distracted. Yes. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to suggest We're going that to beg to differ on that one. I'm going to beg to differ, but um, it doesn't mean that there's not something down the pike. Well, that's what I mean. Like, at some point, there will probably be maybe... But that's the only thing they should be making new laws over. That's it. Well, I can see repealing laws. I mean, oh, that, no, that's yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's a given. Let's just go with that. Yeah, but in the nature of repealing um, bad uh, legislation, then I can think that maybe that there's something down there that we should have laws prohibiting. I, I just can't think of anything at the moment. Can you? So all the laws, actually, the laws we have cover way too much of what we, that are, needs to be, and it's, du- like you said, it's like duplication, but they have to come out. It's like an education campaign when they came out with the, like you said, with the, the cell phone laws. 
I think they think that making that a specific separate law, A, they can charge different fines for it, which is probably, they don't have to revisit the distracted driving law and then change the fines for it. They can just go, oh, well, for this in particular, we're going to charge this much more. But it, they, I think they think of it as an educational campaign by making that a law, um, that therefore now people, it's going to be more in public awareness. It's the same thing with the water restrictions that they have in California. Um, they had a huge drought recently, and apparently it's subsided somewhat, but they decided that in order to keep water conservation in the public um, consciousness, they were going to pass these laws so that they keep conserving even though there's not a drought. So, you'll, you'll, you'll notice with any public utility, they uh, act contrary to any intuitive thought about economics. Um, a hydro company or electricity company, rather, says conserve. While if it was privately held, it would have coupons, <laughs> yeah. you know, buy our electricity yeah, exactly. over our competition. You know, our electricity is cheaper. You can do a lot more, you know, use, use, use our electricity. That's the mentality of a profit-based private company. As opposed to rationing. Here in the city of London, Ontario, they rationed, if you would, water and, and, and had a campaign for people not to use water. They do it every day. You know, after... After May 24th, you're not allowed to water your lawn or wash your car, for example. And then after yeah, every Labor Day, other, you can. It's every other day or you're Yeah, eating and during the summer, every other stuff. day, if your house is even numbered, you can use the water and you, that kind of thing. There's rationing involved. They found out that that program was so well received by the public, in other words, they were law-abiding citizens, that they had to raise the rates of water because people were using so little <laughs> water that it wasn't supporting who, the infrastructure. Who would have seen that coming? <laughs> hmm. So then they changed the way water was billed to having a flat rate. So even if you don't use a drop, you're still paying for yeah, it. Yeah, to account for the infrastructure. Oh, by the way, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. If, you're, if you live in a city and you have a water pipe going to your house and all it requires is a phone call for a guy to come out and turn the spigot, now that you have access to water, I think that there is something to be said for you paying for the infrastructure for that convenience of yes, having accessibility. Yes, but is that not included in property taxes? You would think. Or, but, but they broke it out, right? Layer. Yeah, they broke that out because they used to be, I think it was originally. The, the, the ideal is there that, yeah, if you're able to have something at a moment's notice, perhaps, um, at least if it's a public-owned utility like that, then, yeah, maybe you should be paying for a, uh, a flat a, fee for flat the infrastructure. Fee. I don't know. Um, it's debatable. It's moot. The point is moot. <laughs> the point is moot. <laughs> Sounds Scottish, but yes, it is. Moot. If the way to fix California is to take the liberals' positions to the ultimate conclusions, what do you think the ultimate conclusion of the way California is heading now is going to be? Well, pure communism, as, as in the North Korean government or Soviet Russia. For example, let's look at that, some of the things. What's the $1,000 a day fine for using more than 35 gallons of water a day? Okay, why a thousand? Why not a billion dollars? <laughs> he says with his pinky to his side of his and mouth. And it's per household. So if you got one person mm -hmm. versus, say, you're a poor family and you got like eight kids, yep. and you're still restricted to that same amount of water, you know, the wealthy person can take a thousand dollar hit. It's the poor people that won't be able to. So what's going to happen then? We've seen that here in, again in London, where they had a bag limit on the amount of garbage. That's fine for me and my wife. Okay, we use maybe a half a bag. Yeah, a try week. having twins and diapers. Exactly, or try having ten kids as they used to back in the day. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah. You know, but that, no, no, sorry. And then staggered uh, garbage days too. Not even every day. It's yeah, like. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, but the point is that once you give government sway over a particular area of your life, in this particular case, economics, 
economic choices. I'm going to offer milk to my customers or I'm going to offer juice to my customers. No, you're going to offer milk first. Or then water. Offer juice juice yes. has sugar in it. You're not allowed to do yeah. the sugar and if thing. you're going to offer water, don't use more than 35 gallons a day. And no straw. Yeah. No straw for you. And I say that meaning specifically Nazis because that's <laughs> what we're talking about here. This is the thin edge of the wedge. It is. This is taking it to its limits. And it's I think we're already there in a lot of th- cases. A lot of them, I, but I see it, they're easing it in. Like I said, it's an incremental. Oh, you can still get soda at the near fast food restaurant. You just have to ask for it. You can still get a straw. You just have to ask for it. Then you get out of the habit of asking for it. You and know, then they suddenly just quietly will ban it completely. I had a conversation with uh, someone who identified as a social democrat the other day. I think it came down to this, and I, and I told her this. I say, you don't... You, you don't see the connection between government and force. Or if you do, then you're immoral. You know, because to use force against somebody who has not used force on anybody else is immoral. A restaurateur who wants to open up a business, provide for himself, make a profit, may provide for his family, offer products for people, has, has offered no force on anybody. So for the government to step in and say, you must offer milk first. Why? Because we say so. If you do not, we're going to fine you. We're going to close your restaurant down, take your livelihood away, put you in prison, or, or you know, that's, that kill is, you. And if you resist, we'll kill you. That is the ultimate conclusion. Yeah, see, there's a disconnect on the left between, at least some people on the left, some people are, they know this connection, between government and the arbitrary use of violence and force to shape society into a way that they want it shaped. Well, that's the whole thing. If California is really as progressive as they like to say... Why do they even need government regulations for these things? Wouldn't the people there just voluntarily do all this? Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, when it came to the gender equity thing, I had a, I had a bit of a, a to-do uh, when I was on a, a committee here in, in the city of London, the Crime Prevention Advisory Committee. I represented the Board of Ed. And it came down that the committee wanted to endorse uh, pay equity legislation from the province. And I said, no, I'm voting against that. I, I can't endorse that because I don't believe in pay equity being imposed by the government. It's something that's Price between fixing. The, yeah, it's something between the employer and the employee. And they put in a motion to chastise me. What was it? Censure me. And it got into the press and on the radio and things like that. But at the end of the day, uh, they voted not to censure me, and you would not believe who was one of the ones okay. who came to my side. Yeah. Megan Walker. Oh, dear. Now, if you don't know who Megan Walker is, <laughs> just go on to Just Raid's website and type her in. She'll come up. But uh, a lefty. If left up to the voluntary interactions between people, employers, employees, restaurateurs, and their customers, etc., etc., they make decisions based on their own set of values. For a government to step in and impose a set of values on anybody else is, to me, very distasteful, highly immoral, and I think if we had a proper sense, uh, sense of government, these people should not be in office. No, and the thing is, the state of California may not be progressive, but the government is virtue signaling that they are progressive. And that's what it is. It's all grandstanding, and look at how good we are. It's like that um, commission, the Animal Welfare Commission, the official quote saying that this will go down in history as, as San Francisco as a progressive city. Because they're trying to, you know, leave their mark, leave their, you know, what they, what they call it when the city council. The legacy. The legacy. That's what they're trying to do. On the other side of the coin, and maybe to counter the argument, they are representatives of society. They are elected by people, and people know usually where they stand on things. 
and they only pass laws you'll find that they can get away with. So if they can come out and say milk should be the first option on a menu, people will buy that. The people who voted for them wanted them to put this law through. Most people will probably shrug their shoulders and go, ugh, another imposition by government, but hey, I'm used to it. So they'll, they'll, as you said before, in this Fabian way, incrementally impose a system of pure communism a la George Soros, a la Stalin, on the people of California. Well, there, there's a movement there to actually split the state in half, and we'll see if anything ever comes of that. I highly doubt it. But we have to incrementally get out of this show. So take care, behave yourself, and talk to you soon. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this presentation, visit www.justrightmedia.org for more programming that's not right-wing, it's just right. Right.